Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Karen Briscoe. Thanks for being on the show, Karen. Well, I always love to talk about real estate. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I know. Me too, Karen. I'm, I'm happy to have you on. And after just talking to you a little bit too, I know you're going to be able to add tons of value to us in this business. So much experience that you have in, in your business. So it's exciting to hear about that. I'm looking forward to it. But a little about Karen. She's a creator of the transformative five-minute success concept. Her books, Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day, Secrets of a Top Agent Revealed, and Commit to Get Leads, 66 Day Challenge, offer a combination of information and inspiration delivered through memorable stories. She's a principal owner of the Huckleby Briscoe Conroy Group, HBC, with Keller Williams in Northern Virginia. The HBC Group has been recognized by Wall Street Journal, as one of the 250 top realtor teams in the United States. Since 1977, HBC Group has sold over 1,500 homes valued at over $1.5 billion. And she's also the host of the 5-Minute Success Podcast, over 200 episodes, and has achieved the rank of Overcast number one most recommended in the business category. Now, that's an accomplishment in itself. So it Karen, is. Yes. That's a congratulations to your show. That's awesome. Well, it must resonate with the community and the listeners in the business category, I think, because the principles really apply pretty universally. Yeah. So, Karen, you know, just for our conversation, we were talking about, you know, just, I mean, you just had some really good success, your business. I mean, just massive gross revenues. I mean, things that doesn't just happen overnight. That's for sure. Right. I mean, you've spent a lot of hours building this business and you've got a lot of concepts I know that we need to know about as well in these books that you and I were discussing. So I'd love for us to go through some of those and help the listener as well to understand some of these concepts that you've written out and that are so important. Absolutely. And that's how it came about, actually, because what happens when people achieve a high level of success, everybody wants to know, how do you do it? That's right. And so I, I'd been doing coaching and speaking and training, and these principles just kept resonating. And I found that I had a voice that the stories were sticky, memorable, because they were information and inspiration. I know you've been to a lot of training, you've gotten a lot of information, you go, wow, that's really very boring. I'm not going to remember this when I leave. And then you've gone to inspirational, and you've been very highly motivated, and you come back and nothing changes because you're like, okay, that was great, but I don't see how to apply it. So the idea of bringing the two together is where the impact happens, because that's where people change behavior or they actually remember a concept and can apply it, that's where it actually can make the most transformation and impact. So the basic principles of the five-minute success are core to how I succeeded and built a business. And that's where I have now had lots of conversations on podcasts and then my own podcast. And then, of course, to the books. Nice. So you're saying the important part is not just having the teaching for say, but it's it's having the teaching with that inspirational story. And that's how you've managed to have more success in speaking and relating to others and getting through to them with these concepts. 
Well, the thing is, is if you don't remember it when you need it, then it's not very helpful, right? And so story has been used, you know, for throughout history and mythology and teaching. And so this is not a new concept. What I feel like is new is a new way is that it's brought in a business setting And second of all, that it's what I call a new delivery method, because this was the other thing I found was that so many people said, yes, all of that's great and good. I just don't have time. Mm. And that's where the idea of the five minutes came in. I was like, well, do you have five minutes a day? Google's done a research study that that's the average person's attention span now. So it's really turned out to be way more impactful than I even knew when I came up with the idea. A lot of literature and motivation has been in the format of what I call a daily reader. So the idea is to dispense the information a little bit every day because you're more likely to remember it if you're not overwhelmed with a tsunami (laughs) of information. If you think of most books, I, I call them linear, right? They're chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. You're like, I don't have time to read the whole thing. So many people don't do anything. And so how can you make the most impact in the least amount of time and that's where this five-minute success is really, I think, is resonates with people because they're like, well, of course I can do five minutes a day. Because they're more likely to remember it, they're not taking in too much information. Then when the application comes up, then they are most, more likely to recall it and then put it into practice. It, it doesn't seem as overwhelming then either, I think. You know, that just you know, When you're that overwhelmed, a lot of times we just don't even get started. Yes. And that's been proven for habit formation. Really, any habit formation is starting small and building up. Really, the starting is what most people don't ever do. So breaking it down into this bite size, that's the other reason why the 66-day challenge has had a lot of research has been done on habit formation. I'm sure you've you know, read many of the studies. The, the one that's most common, uh, what they found is that the first 21 days or three weeks or so, People are very evangelistic about their new habits. So I always use the example of somebody who buys a Peloton or starts a Whole30 or a new food you know, diet or whatever. And so they're really excited in the beginning and they're telling the whole world and they're, they're ready to change their life and everybody else's. And that's where a lot of people stop. <laughs> they get excited, but then they don't follow through because the next 21 days or three weeks or so is that a real evaluation phase People kind of go through a dip, if you will, as Seth Godin calls it, the dip. And he says, the, those that power through on the things that give the long-term benefits, then what happens is the next three weeks or 21 days so kick in and then people start to experience the benefits. So you really have to stick with a habit long enough for it to become a habit. And if you think in terms of habits that you have that are healthy and good for you, like brushing your teeth, that kind of thing. You don't stop, right? (laughs) So the 66 days is to get it jump started, get it launched. And then because you're experiencing the benefits of it, then you want to do more. Okay. So, you know, help us to get into these concepts and think through some of these concepts so we can master that, that five minute success, you know, or, or get some better habits going and understand, you know, what you've laid out here. And what I found is that this applies pretty universally to just about any 
sales, entrepreneurship, uh, business endeavors. So the first one is commit to get leads. So until you have a lead or a deal to work on or someone to work with, you really have nothing to do. So there needs to be a commitment. And I'm sure you've seen that in the syndication world. Uh, You're shaking your head. Yes. Until you have that, really effectively, that's your job. And truth be told, it's your job all the time. I mean, it doesn't stop. And that's where a lot of people... They get on a hamster wheel because they get a deal and they wake up and realize that they stopped doing those functions to bring in new business. And then the next component is consult to sell. So you have the lead, you have the project, you have the the next deal you're going to do. There is a process to take it through, right? Until it actually becomes a transaction and you have to take, some people call that conversion. as I look at it more as a consultative process, but the idea is there's processes and steps to go through to do that. And then back to that hamster wheel. Wow. So many people live on that where they're only as good as their next deal. Uh, They're just literally wake up every day and, you know, paycheck to paycheck or deal to deal. And so the principles of what I call connect, build and grow. So you connect so that you get you create sustainable, scalable, ongoing enterprise. Uh, that's the, you know the ultimate objective, right? Because as long as you are required to do the next deal, whatever it is, then when you stop, the money stops, right? That's why right. so many people live on a roller coaster. Uh, they wait, they work really, really, really hard. They get a deal and then they focused all their attention and energy on that and they get to the top. It's very exciting. And then whoosh, they're back down again because they didn't put into place these principles. So leverage, scale. And then all of that is surrounded by what I call success, thinking, activities, and vision. So those are mindset and motivation related. Vision is you look out five years, 10 years where you're going or even shorter than that, but usually vision's a little bit further down the road. Then you think about how to do it and then you put the activities in place. A lot of people have affirmations and a lot of people have vision boards, but many people miss that (laughs) that in between, right? Where you have to actually do the activities to make it come about, to manifest it. So that surrounds it all. So these these basic core principles, again, apply pretty universally. Yes, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was thinking about what you were saying too. Even going back to the committing to getting lazy, you mentioned like until you have this, it's your job. <laughs> you it know? is, it's your job. Yeah. If you don't have a deal, then even if you can raise all the capital, what are you going to do with it? You know, and what are yes. you going to show your investors if you don't have a have or some the type other way of deal? Around. Yeah, there if you, you go. have the deal and you don't have the capital, you That's still right. don't have a you don't have a deal, right? Right. So it is your full time job. The thing is, is it really is the full time job all the time mm-hmm. because there's a natural attrition. I say everything's in a state of deterioration. <laughs> really, I mean relationships with your investors, not in a negative way, but just that they you constantly need to be bringing new flow into that pool. It's like it's like the difference between the Dead Sea, right? That stops flow on both ends and, you know, a living, moving water stream. So you want to always be moving deals and investors. You want to always be lead generating. Mm. Yeah. And then the success 
thinking activities. I'd love for you to elaborate on that or maybe give me an example. I know you said like vision, and then you're going to think about how to put those things in place. And then actually, yeah, putting activities in place. It's hard to, like, a lot of us can dream up things and have this yeah. big vision, right? And and even maybe think of a few things to how to get there. You know, where you always hear people say, you know, reverse engineer it. But then actually putting some teeth to it, you know, or actually taking steps forward is difficult sometimes, right? Or you don't see people actually take that step. But go ahead. Yeah, maybe a who. I mean, in the beginning, the solo entrepreneur, the you're everything, right? You're going to wear all the hats. Right. One of the first great who's is the operations person, right? And so logistics and implementation is that role. So it may not be you that does it, but it still needs to happen, right? Because right. that's the people that have pipe dreams, have visions, and they can think positive thoughts all day long. But if that nothing, actions ha- don't happen in between, then no deals are going to get done. Hmm. Yeah. So do you have an example of, of maybe something that early on that helped you to kind of get the ball rolling or to get the putting action and getting action in place or to get to where you're at now? You know, because I can just see, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, where do I even start? You know, for some people, but then sometimes we may know a path we want to take, but it's hard to take that step out there. So I would say the first thing I would do is generate a lot of business <laughs> because people who have choices are always in demand, right? Rainmakers will always be in demand, okay? So what many people do is they do like a little bit like the roller coaster, but they also, you know, they put a governor on their lead generation activities because like, oh, if I get too busy, I won't have time to deal with it. So that's when you really become, go beyond. And when you have enough business or enough opportunity or enough deals, that then you have the choices to then, build the business. Until then, you could put things in place and structure is good and systems are good. Uh, checklists are good. All of that's great and people in place. But until you actually have an overflow of business, you're probably going to be operating out of a, a situation of lack rather than abundance. So abundance is way easier to operate out of. So then once you have more business than you can manage, then you start finding ways to leverage it, right? You leverage it through people, you leverage it through systems, you leverage it through other, you know, strategies. So then start putting that leverage into place and leverage can be money and it can be time, it can be resources. So building that leverage in, I think that if you're got the vision for it, and then you think about how to do it, then what I found, I remember when I was a new real estate agent, and after I had sold a house a month, which I thought was a lot of houses, it was actually enough to be rookie of the year, my broker said to me, so now you should sell a house a week. And I thought to myself, well, that's like four dives than over houses. Who does that? And then I thought, well, who does it? So I started looking around. I'm like, oh, she does that, right? So I didn't need to reinvent any wheels. I just needed to see what some model what somebody else had done. Mm. So the first, once you have Apple business, you will be desirable and then find those people that have done it and then model, model that. That's going to be your fastest way. I think that's that's pretty valuable right there. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but you looked for somebody who's already doing what you wanted to do that was way ahead of you. So, you know, how did you then find out that person's ability or their strengths or their, you know, sequence of events of things for you to start implementing yourself? 
So I became partners with, she was the number 10 agent in the, the nation, and I learned a lot really fast. <laughs> I was talking about, you know, feet on the street. It was during the market run-up, and so then in 2008, she actually passed away, and the financial markets crashed, the real estate markets crashed. Uh, the good news is I had lived through the savings and loan crisis and a lot of the recession in the 80s and 90s, so I felt it. And I knew pretty much intuitively what to do. At the same time, it was still different. So it was a an opportunity to rebuild in using some of the systems and things that I had learned from her, but also recognize that it was a different market. So, you know, you have to go to the market of the moment and then brought in a business partner. I think that there's the Napoleon Hill Think and Grow Rich principles really apply in terms of masterminding. And it can be masterminding, you know, in a small level, and it can be masterminding like getting with other investors and having investor clubs and that kind of thing on a larger level. But there are those that have gone before and to learn from them. It still may be reinvented. I, we're not doing it the way we were doing it, that's for sure. I like to say it's like Wayne Gretzky's quote, you go where the puck is going. That's where he's skating. I'm like, the market is constantly changing and moving. And so what worked before may not work now, but we have a lot of principles that we can learn from and use that to advise us for where we're going to go in the next cycle. So what's something that's like key in your business right now that's helping you grow or get to that next level currently? Well, it's clearly relationships. I, we actually recently did a pretty major in-depth tracking of where the businesses come from. And I intuitively knew it, but boy, I tell you, it was really powerful when we put it on a board and put in a paper. And it really is at least 80% relationships. I mean, that's you know wow. the Pareto principle. I can go back and track uh, where the, the origin of the lead and the business. And so then you know, focus on, you know, what you want to expand. We created uh, the avatar client. I actually learned this from Jeff Hoffman. Uh, he was the founder of Priceline. So he literally had his team create an avatar and even made a, a cutout and said every time anybody had an idea, they had to go sell it to Jane. <laughs> <laughs> and so really, it's something to think about. I mean, who is your avatar investor? What is your ideal deal? Because back to what you focus on expands, we have found that when we're operating in our, well, as we say, real estate in our highest and best used, right? <laughs> when we're operating our highest and best used, then you know everything else becomes either easier or unnecessary. So we're really retooling some of our efforts to make sure we're focusing on our avatar, talking to Jane. I like that. It it really helps you to focus, doesn't it? I mean, it helps you to narrow that down and be really good at this for this one client. What's your niche? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the riches are in the, the niches. I mean, really, they truly are because they prize our skills and our knowledge and our service. And so then uh, we can operate at our peak performance level as well. Nice. All right, Karen. So, you know, a few more questions before we have to go. I'd, I'd love to know a way that you all have recently improved your business that we could apply to ours as well. I would say that was one of the key things that we've done recently. And, you know, we have 17 years of data. So it, wow. was, it was very powerful to take that time to delve into it. 
And that is going to influence how we move forward. And I would say, I think that people that really achieve a high level of success, they recognize where their strengths lie and they focus on that. There's some people that say, oh, but you should spend time, you know, minimizing your weaknesses or whatever. I'm like, yeah, the weaknesses start to go away when you are focusing on your strengths and focusing on your strength areas. I know everybody's out there going, yeah, but what about diversifying everything? And, And I'm sure there's some value in that in commercial investing, but at the same time, you're more likely to achieve at a higher level if you're if you're operating out of your strength zone. Hmm. So what's a one thing, if you had to pick one thing that's contributed to your success, like one of the most important things just over this much success this this long in the industry? Yes, it actually came up recently. I, I think I'm just very pleasantly persistent and in terms of just about everything. So I pretty much, I, if I've decided or committed to do something, so in the beginning, it was very much lead generation. And yet I could say 17 years later, I still lead generate to the same degree. So when I discovered a principle and put it into practice, then I stay consistently with it. And I think that there's a lot to be said for that because I think that a lot of people, they get real excited and they maybe are a one-hit wonder or two-hit wonder, but it's the people that can do it over and over again. Those are the ones that are truly the professionals. You would say the same in music. I mean, you really would say this in really any profession. So the ability to do it over and over again at a high level successfully, that is what I've found also how to transfer it into other areas. So this is fascinating. You're kind of in a similar, because you're doing podcasting now. So I first did it real estate, then I did it in being an author of books, and now I'm doing it in podcasting. So the amazing thing is, is when you really learn these skills, these strategies, these techniques, you can apply them again. It's over and over, right? I think you've probably found the same thing. Yes, yes, for sure. It's like the old Frank Sinatra song, New York, New York. If I can make it there, I could make it anywhere. So you like, okay, prove you can make it there. This is actually a principle of real estate development. If an area is successful, then what are those characteristics and go find another one that's like that, right? I mean, it's one of the first things you do. And so they have a lot of research, but just fundamentally, that's what it is, right? So that you can do that in your business and life too. Oh, that's powerful. And pleasantly persistent. You ought to be pleasantly doing it, right? I mean, pleasantly persistent. I like that. And you got to be persistent. I've heard that time and time and time again. It's those that are just persistent. You keep pushing, keep pushing, whether it's the highs or lows, you keep going, right? And those are the ones that are going to make it. So, you know, before we go, how do you like to give back? So contribution, I think that that is where a lot of when you reach a certain level in success and contribution is something that really becomes important. And I find that opportunities like this to be on podcasts is a contribution. My podcast show, The 5-Minute Success is a contribution. Writing the books was a, a way to give back because that knowledge and that experience, those skills, some people would say, oh, but I don't want to share that with everybody, right? I'm like, yes, but you know what? I find that abundance mentality Mm-hmm. is actually what you send out, you know, into the universe, and you're going to actually attract it back. So I found it to be the other way around. And so the opportunity to contribute in those spaces is where I've had the most impact the last few years. 
Awesome. We're, we're grateful for you doing that, having the abundance mentality and sharing with us again today. But tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you. So the good news is everything practically is under the number five minute success. And so you Google five minute success, you should find me or Karen Briscoe, the Facebook group and page, the podcast, which is on all the channels and the website, the number five minute success. And of course, the books are available on Amazon. Or if you want them in bulk, you can reach out to me as well. Awesome. That's a wrap, Karen. Thank you very much. All righty. That was great. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.